0: Welcome to the Akashic Reading Podcast, presented by AkashicReading.com, the place where you can learn to access your soul's wisdom, or at least stop digging the hole any deeper. I'm your host, Terry Uctana, and today we'll be discussing healing the wounds of our ancestors, which begins with practicing healthy boundaries, both for ourselves and for them. Family, biological or otherwise, is meant to nurture us through childhood. It's designed to teach us how to survive and thrive, what our role is in society, who we are as individuals, and the meaning of life, or at least the meaning of our own. It's also meant to facilitate the lessons we came into embodied life to learn. In a process not unlike the overlapping of snake scales, each generation is simultaneously working through their own lessons prompting the generations directly before and after them to engage in the work as well, and teaching the newest generation what lessons they need as introduction. In this way, generational knowledge is passed through experience as well as direct communication, guaranteeing it will ripple down in one variety or another for years to come. While this system could be ideal, If it were utilized in a way which promoted the best and highest good of all involved, with parents who were perfect, healthy individuals, fully self-actualized and completely available for the needs and best interests of their significant other and children, such an undertaking would hardly lead to any learning or soul growth. Hence, most families have some level of dysfunction ranging from a bit of stoicism, which can seem cold and unexpressive, to those who participate in addictions, abuse, and even true evil. Abuse, addiction, and other negative behaviors can be taught and are often nurtured in family settings. The adults fully participate in, survive, and attempt to thrive within negative structures, which they then teach to their children. Roles are bequeathed to kids, with some becoming groomed to support the needs of their parents and older siblings, and others molded into peacemakers and arbiters. Some children learn to be overachievers in order to receive love which should be theirs by right, while others take on the behaviors and attitudes of the adults around them so as to fit in and receive approval. In this way, children are taught— But the goal of the education is to mold them into something useful to the adults, rather than to nurture and encourage the child in their unique potential. We see this play out in alcoholic families where even those who don't drink take on the dysfunctional behaviors of the family, termed sober alcoholics or dry drunks. Adults who are addicted to drugs will enlist their family members not only to abet them, but even to become like them sharing drugs, behaviors, and misery equally. Abusive behaviors can seem contagious as children learn where rage can get you out of being responsible for your actions, how manipulating others gets you what you want without much effort, might makes right, and whoever has the most power in any given situation wins. Variations of this include molestation, emotional incest, physical beatings, terrorizing, and much more. Other types of abuse can be more subtle, such as the picking of sides. Somewhat like the lacing of a shoe, members of the family choose others which are on their side versus the rest of the family, creating subgroups which combat each other passive-aggressively in routine matters. Small incidents escalate into rifts which must be bridged or at least appear to be. Once some type of resolution is achieved, rarely anything permanent or healthy, then a new routine event starts things escalating again. While this can seem destructive and the opposite of spiritual, soul groups utilize this structure when planning and participating in embodied lives. As the group is often working on similar lessons, such as how to set and hold boundaries or the dynamics of forgiveness how to use power and the consequences of its abuse, and so on, they will choose some type of dysfunction which allows each member to work on their individual lessons or issues. Having the abuse, addiction, or negativity passed down generationally makes it that much simpler to repeat lessons if necessary, to alternate roles, or to explore something more deeply. It also provides an abundance of opportunities for souls within the group to push against the system, moving them out of the family and into new connections and experiences. This could mean they spend their adult years within a different family system altogether, where they are welcome and able to heal and unfold into other aspects of their journey. Alternatively, the soul group might be ready to finish working on these lessons and so have tasked one member with leaping forward to create the next family dynasty, which will explore new and different group structures. Something which can be helpful to keep in mind is, while members of a family group can be easily sorted into order based on age, and we think of education as a linear process moving in a steady progression from childhood into old age, family dynamics are complex organic structures personalities and roles interact with each other like chemicals in a chemistry lab, creating reactions and counter-reactions. Age does not equate to maturity, and often there is a Benjamin Button effect in play, where children who were forced to be mini-adults in childhood feel justified in letting go of responsibility and indulging their childish natures in later years. Add to all this the fact people learn at different rates. Then mix in the not uncommon tendency for souls to avoid or disengage from learning altogether once they're here. This means you can have complete dysfunctional chaos for generations, which spills outwards to the entire extended family, and even to branches tenuously related by marriage or other means. However, just as all things have a starting point, they also have an end. When a family's learning cycle is coming to a close, there's an opportunity not only for closure, but for healing. While individuals will have already begun to learn healthier behaviors, make more positive choices, and come to a new perspective on themselves and the world as part of the cycle's ending, there can be an additional level of healing which assists in resolving the dysfunctional family system. This is sometimes referred to as healing the wounds of your ancestors, or healing generational dysfunction. Healing of this nature is a bit like hemming pants. You're connecting two different sections of the same material together, in part by folding away the section in between. While the effects of the healing will roll downwards through the family lineage spreading outwards to the generations to come, the healing is provided by a current, often younger, family member to those who have already crossed over. It requires the healer to be a family member who has not only identified the depth and breadth of the family dysfunction, but identified how it has affected and even become a part of themselves. From this knowingness, they will have worked through their lessons concerning it, healed themselves of it, and come to terms with who they are because and despite of it. Anchoring this healthy version of the family lineage in embodied life, then reaches out to the ancestors and their ancestral energy as it flows through the family. This is a bit like manifesting with Akashic energy, only in reverse. Instead of bringing something into this world through their actions, the healer will take who they currently are, the experiences and wisdom they have become, and push the energy through themselves and back out into the akashics specifically to the souls who had embodied as the healer's ancestors these souls having already remembered who they were and what lessons they were meant to learn from their experience of embodied life will also be in a healed state and potentially available to pass their wisdom and healing back into embodied life the key to this type of healing is boundaries as the saying goes You can lead a horse to water, but you cannot make it drink. It is possible to cause harm by doing the wrong thing for the right reason. No matter what might seem best for all concerned, what would be in the best and highest good for the individual, or what seems obvious and necessary from the outside, every individual has free will. Forcing someone to do your will or to go against theirs even if it's healing or exactly what they need, is abuse. This is one of the defining aspects of black versus white magic. Regardless of what the media and books have told us for centuries, most negative spirituality is practiced using the exact same tools as healers. Often, dark practitioners feel they're on the side of the angels, even while they leave swaths of harm in their wake. Healing the wounds of our ancestors begins with practicing healthy boundaries, both for ourselves and for them. It should be offered with humility and the knowledge that it may or may not be accepted. There could also be negotiation involved in order to have the healing meet the needs and specifics of the ancestors involved. Once initiated, a virtuous loop is created, which provides all currently embodied members of the family the means and support to heal, which supports the healing and dismantling of the dysfunctional system. There is very little which is required to undergo the healing practice other than personal readiness. Having identified the depth and breadth of the family dysfunction, worked through your lessons concerning it, healed yourself of it, and come to terms with who you are because and despite of it, you will have the insights to hold space for others to do the same without judgment. It's important to have some practice in working with Akashic energy in your body, whether this is from meditation, chakra work, yoga, or a martial art. With a familiarity of how your energy runs top to bottom and bottom to top, how to remain grounded and fully present in your body while working with universal akasha, you then have the necessary tools to begin. These are the steps to engage in healing the wounds of your ancestors. First, decide on a supportive, controlled means of connecting with your ancestors. This could be through photographs or artwork, altars dedicated to the ancestors, or headstones at a cemetery. As you'll be using your personal resources to provide the healing, it's important the connection not be something you expend extra energy on, like using your willpower or intention. Allow something else to provide this connection for you, so your energies can be focused on the healing process. Two, when you're ready to begin, turn your attention to whatever portion of you is connected to the ground, whether this is your feet or your seat. Start there, being fully grounded in your connection to this embodied life. Allow your attention to move inward and up, traveling through your energy system to your central core. This holds the prana which you are continually imbuing with your healed nature. Fully immerse yourself in who you are now and who you are becoming. Allow yourself to relax and feel supported in this eternal truth of self. Three, when you're ready, continue to move your attention up through your body, out the top of your head, and outwards to the objects which are your connection to the ancestors. You'll find you sense them very differently at this point. Each will be alive with the energy of that person, awake once again to who they were, and yet fully aware of who you are. 4. With each intern, introduce yourself, explain what you wish to do, and ask if they are willing or even interested in participating. Hold space for them to acknowledge you and answer. They may be excited to fully participate, may refuse and leave, or communicate how much or in what way they wish to proceed. 5. Once you have their answer, you can move forward. If the answer is no, then thank them for their time and release the connection. If the answer is yes, then proceed to perform the healing. Either by putting your hands on the target object or extending your energy field, connect with the other being and support them in dismantling the lingering negative effects of the life they have lived. This will not remove the history which occurred but will shift the energies flowing through them which are active, and convert them into a form which sends healing. If the answer is qualified, and you are agreeable to the suggested modifications, such as providing them the healing energy but allowing them not to push anything further, proceed to work with them in this way. This can convert things which have been negative to more neutral forms, which at least stops further negative effects, even if it doesn't fix the damage already caused. 6. When the ancestor signals they're done, at least for the moment, then thank them and move on to the next. Repeat this until you can no longer hold space for the healing or until you've worked with everyone. 7. When you're finished, thank them en masse for showing up and all the good which has been done. Then withdraw your attention back through your head, down through to your center, allowing yourself to partake of any remaining healing energies which are ambient. Keep moving your attention slowly down, noting how you've changed, grown, and become through the process until you reach the part of you in contact with the ground. Ground out any excess energy, thereby returning your system to its natural downward manifestation process. And that's all the time we have this week. Next week, we'll be talking about understanding the deeper soul-level ways in which we connect with people, including soul groups, peer groups, and individuation. If you're interested in knowing more, check out my website, akashicreading.com. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please take a minute to show it some love on iTunes. Your comments are also appreciated. Thanks. Bye.